So I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Empowering Entrepreneurs where I gave a little bit of the backstory as to why I started teaching and just some of the war that was being waged in my brain walking away from what was my original dream, which was to play golf at on tour and be the number one player in the world. But in this episode, we really talk about something that could really be correlated to you um, in the Stock Shot Secrets episode, which is really how do you take off the shackles, whether it's in business or on the golf course, so that you can create freedom, um, which ultimately is eliminating the fear of failure so you can always fail forward. So hope you guys enjoy and be sure to tune in for episode three and four. So the big question is this. How do passionate golfers like you and me maximize our potential and build consistency without having to try a new tip every time we hit the links? That was the question, and this is the podcast that will give you the answer. My name's Kyle Morris, and welcome to Stock Shot Secrets. It seems like there's this, uh, you know, golf is the epitome of one of my favorite sayings. It's, you know, it's not what happens to you, it's how you react to it. And golf is a literally a MMA fight for 18 holes against yourself. Yeah. The, I mean, the elements are irrelevant. It, it's you, interesting because if you play golf for five hours, you actually only hit a golf ball for one minute. And then if you think about the routine of like um, thinking about how to play the shots and blah, 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 um, that's 24 minutes. So there's four and a half hours where you're just solid quantum of solace mental warfare (laughs) it literally is and you know it's funny when you play golf with somebody you really get to know a lot about that person um and again i think it's when you work with somebody in in the business world as well you get to see a lot about people because again they're you you get to see their true character come out of who they are and what they really think but as a golfer it's i always amazed when people spend the time and the money to go out and go play play not work play around a golf they're mad the whole time yeah. and they leave mad. And it's the same thing in business. If you're in business and you're not and you're mad or you're depressed and you're mad, why are you doing it? Like you have to change that because it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be fun, right? Yeah, but I think I well, I think this kind of goes into the entrepreneur in the sense of that I think that all great entrepreneurs and all great athletes um are circled and encompassed with a body of with a with a, like basically a halo of opt- optimism. So like if Tom Brady is down by three points, right, and he's got eight, 50 seconds left, everybody in the stadium knows that Tom's winning. Correct. It's like and not, the not other team knows that Tom's winning, and the fans know that Tom's winning. And when they don't win, when he doesn't win, everyone kind of looks at each other and they go, "That's weird." Yeah. That's so. Shouldn't. So to your point. You go, well, if your business fails, you'll just figure something else out. And I go, you're right. That's why I don't really care about failing. I'll just, I don't know, I'll create some marketing agency or something. I don't know. Like, God will put something on my heart that's like, hey, do this now. It's like, all right. So, so with that, whatever situation happens to an entrepreneur, right? Um, they really have, I think the most successful ones, they always know that whatever the gym is, they'll always get out of it. And there's no situation you go, hey, like your COO, like, you know, I'm just making something up. Right. Like your COO just, you know, stole 500 grand. You go, okay, well, I mean, that sucks, but we'll figure it out. We'll send a 1099 to the IRS. We'll go to jail for tax fraud. It's easy. <laughs> so so there's always there's always something that you can – there's always something that, that the entrepreneur can hold on to and say, hey, like, it'll be fine. Well, I think that's the the, the one of the – I guess that was the whole – point of this whole circuitous uh, conversation is the fact that know what's what's the worst that can happen. It doesn't work. 
that's literally the worst that can happen. And so you're out of money. So go, guess what? Do you have not enough skill set or belief in yourself that you can figure out and do something else? Yeah. So once you know the, the best that can happen, which is awesomeness, and the worst is, well, I just got to do something different. I feel like that takes the shackles off an entrepreneur to be able to just go do it, right? Yeah. And and not be scared. Yeah, and I think I think too it's and what you've really helped me with probably more than anybody is that is is with all of that stuff learning the art of delegating. And I think that's a really hard thing for like entrepreneurs to wrap their brain around of saying, "Hey, like um I know if I did this, maybe I could do it better, but like my hours are actually better spent doing something else and then let them do this." They'll get it to eighty percent to completion. I'll put the, I'll tie the bow on it, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, alter something, and then away we go. So I think like with there's a really really cool book. I forget who wrote it, but it's called Rocket Fuel. Um, I think I said it to you yeah. once in a text. Um, you know where it talks about how every great company has like a visionary and an, and an integrator, right? So I think f- f- most entrepreneurs probably are really good visionaries. Doesn't mean all of them, uh, but. It's the it's having the people that can integrate the plan of what the visionary is doing to execute it. Yeah. And otherwise, it's just fluff. So on that point, when did you realize like, hey, I need a team. I need to delegate. I realized when I was sleeping two hours a day. <laughs> Literally, I think that's when it was. No. But then uh, how did you go about that? So once you kind of have the vision for that. How do you, how did you go about doing that? Because I think sometimes, like you said, delegation, I think entrepreneurs forget that building a team. Yeah, I think that to the point of, um, and he would keep circling back to this, of the there's people who talk and there's people that do. So you basically, if you think of like a, I don't know, like a bar, like a graph, right? The bottom, the bottom, what is this? Is I didn't this know we were X? doing geometry. Yeah, well, here we are. This we're going to bring it this, back to high this, school. I failed this was not, I'm not This was not in the agenda. <laughs> was the bottom one, is that X or Y? Probably the Y, I don't yeah. know. Okay, so the Y, think of that as like trust. And then the vertical graph, right? That's That would be performance. So it's very, very hard to get someone who's in the top corner who has high performance and trust. That's the visionary, right? Like that's the person who like they think of ideas and they initiate them and they never miss, right? And then you have people who are like really high performers like, hey, what would you get on your ACT? And they go 36 and you go, what's your GPA? And they're like uh, two five and you go, oh, wow. Like I would almost rather – this is kind of circles perfectly. I would rather be someone who – on a on a on an educational standpoint, I'd rather hire the person who got a three nine or a four point and a twenty five on their ACT because they're a high trustworthy individual that I could then train to be high performance rather than hot, get the high performance person that I can't ever delegate a task to and I don't know if it's getting done. I can train performance, I can't train trust. So like, I would so if someone says, yeah, I got a thirty six, and I go, what was your GPA in high school? And they go, ah, two eight. I go. Well, you're a degenerate, right? And like you're lazy, like you don't apply yourself. Or if someone's like, "Hey, I got a four one," I go, "What's your ACT?" And they go, "I got a 25. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about that. <laughs> then I go, "Okay, well, like you know, you're striving, right? Like you've got a work ethic that I can, you know, work with." So, like golfing is, you know, I guess at your level as a touring professional, you probably have a somewhat of a team around you to support you. But ultimately when you're out on out there on the course, it's about you only and it's you are sure. the one. So when you go in and be an entrepreneur and you're like, okay, I'm used to just throwing the bag over my back. I got all of this, hold my beer, I I can do this. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I it's not that I can't, I don't want to. This is not my best value. At that point in time, like how long did it take you in your journey of having, you know, the golf room where you said, that's it, I gotta get people in place 
to execute on these things that I do. How long did that take you? You're saying how long did it take me to get the, get I think, the team? I think to say the, I can't I think, do I, it. I think that well, the team for me is like always growing. I mean, I just hired someone to take over marketing because I was we were doing a lot of the marketing. I'm you know I'm always doing these. Um, oh, what are they called? I think they're XFT graphs. They're basically like time charts. Like, what do you spend your time on? So it's always looking at these things. I go, okay, like I'm spending three hours a day on this. I can delegate that and hire that out. You know, like if I'm spending a lot of time, like doing something for an academy to create like practice plans and stuff, like, yeah, I can do that. But like someone else could also do that and then I can oversee it. Right. And I could actually just pay that person a salary. And then on the back end, you know, I'll end up making, you know, better decisions and spending my time more wisely. So it's, I think it's, I think as you're continuing to grow, you're always delegating more out. Um, and then it's just the art of finding the right, the right people. You're, you're a very interesting entrepreneur because most entrepreneurs are not in the numbers, graphs, charts, tendencies, trends. They just have an idea and this is what they want to do. You're very different. Like, and again, I would call you a real golfer. And I mean that as a compliment because real golfers can remember in 1993, the back nine yeah. at the Podunk course on that hole, they use this club and the weather temperature conditions and they got this score. Right. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning, but like, <laughs> and I feel like I'm a okay golfer, but like that data that you have in your head where you're analyzing that, is that something you uh, learned or is this something you just, it's a, you have a hobby for that. Like you just enjoy it because most people don't, don't like the data. Entrepreneurs hate data, which is weird, but they just don't. Yeah. I mean, the way that I go about, um, I kind of have, I guess the way to articulate it, I, I kind of have a very data-driven math portion to my decision-making, and then there is a spiritual portion to my decision-making. So to the point of if I'm going to make a decision based upon buying a business or whatever, I'm obviously going to do the pro, pro formas and figure out like what I need to do to make this thing work so that essentially I can make $1. As long as I don't lose dollars, I can sleep. Working, I don't really care. Meaning work doesn't scare me. So I'll invest $100 million if I, as long as I make $100 million and $1. I went, I went in on that. Okay. So, so, as long as, so, I'll, so I'll use the data and use, the, you know, use all of the stuff to basically validate the decision. Um, and then I'll think through it and pray through it a lot. And I feel like if my you – know, um, obviously, like if I feel like I'm um, working through that and like I feel like – you know, as a, you know, just being frank, like as a Christian, like if I say, hey, I'm, I'm acknowledging all of these different things and I'm kind of putting trust in what the plan is and my heart feels attached to that, then I go, okay, like I'm good with the result because. You're at peace. Yeah, I'm at peace. Like if it wins or fails, like, you know, there's a plan for my life and I'll be, I'll be good either way. Did you, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't even know they are one. And all of a sudden, one day, they are one. Do you feel like when you were a kid growing up, did you have any of these tendencies no. to be an entrepreneur? Not at no, all. No, you hear all about all these entrepreneurs. That are like, I sold magazines as a six-year-old and, like, you know, did all these things. And it's like, no, I, I actually never had a job. <laughs> Ever. See, this is amazing. So, so all you entrepreneurs, you don't have to be programmed <laughs> no, that way. No, I wasn't. I never had a job. Um, I didn't have a hard upbringing you know, like I was a, you know, suburban, like privileged kid. I had great parents. Like I did not have a hard life growing up. And then, but I worked really hard, right? And that's a whole discussion itself. Like, you know, is that thing of that inner voice inside of you where you're a 16 year old kid and it's 1030 at night and you go, yeah, I could stay out. But like, I think I'm going to go home because I need to practice at night in the morning. 
right? Like my parents never actually gave me a curfew. They're like, yeah, you're, they never told me I had to study because I just, I just did it. I don't know, you know, it's probably one of those limited gifts that like, you know, God gave me for that stuff. But um, I forget what the question, oh, oh, did I, and, but I think when I got, when I, when, when I got the opportunity to kind of grow something, it just got, it got, I don't know. It was just, just resonated. Really, yeah. It was, and- just hit home. Did you but when I when I was playing? I mean, when you're playing as a tour professional, I still you still have to go out and raise sponsorship dollars and um, meet and greet and all meet that. and greet and stuff. So it's kind of like you're running your own. I mean, you're running your own business. You got to promote your brand, basically, yeah. right? So I get yeah. you probably are used to that. And again, you're so comfortable because you. How when did you start playing golf? How old were you? Seven. Seven. Man, that's pretty cool. So yeah, at that by the time you're 15, you're already you know the routine, you know what's going on. Yeah. Do you feel? Did you have a? Um, at some point, did you have a, a mentor or somebody that looked at you and said, Kyle, you're somebody special. Let me tell you what you need to do or try to do this, and this is going to change your life. Did anybody ever say that to you, or do you just kind of meandered through and figured it out? No, I think it was probably, if anything, it was um, it was always, it was more of my parents. Like, they were really, one of our, I think, wholeheartedly all Morrises in my family, we were all based off you know, the five of languages were all words of affirmation. So like my parents were always like, Kyle, you're going to do great things. Like you're bound to this. And like, we're going to go on vacation when we're old. And like, you'll just pay for it all because you're amazing. And like, you're going to do great things. So like I had this as a child, like I just had a self-fulfilling prophecy that like, it was all going to be fine. So, um, which I think is you have to paint a vision for like what your life is first. And if you don't have a vision for what it is, it's very, very hard to accomplish it. Right to the-